Well, it's good worship this morning. Man, when I get so, so lost in worship like that, it's kind of a jolt and a shock that's okay, it's time to go up. Get up here and have to try and very quickly gather my thoughts to be able to communicate what I'm supposed to bring to you this morning. So I want to pray one more time. Father, again, I just thank you for your glorious goodness. I thank you for what you've already done here this morning. For what you've already done here this morning, Jesus. For the freedom that we experienced and that we expressed in our worship, which was to you, for you, and all about you this morning. I just pray now we just commit the rest of this service to you and ask that you would use me to communicate what you've given to me in an effective and clear manner. I just ask your anointing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to tell you, when we, when we get to the end of the service today this being number six or seven of a three-part service, we're going to end up taking this card out of the seat backs in front of us and do something with it. So I've given you a little bit of a forewarning for, for how I would love to be able to conclude this service. If you would turn with me to John 21, 15. Just now sent the scriptures up to Linda, so... That was, a, that was that little run that just happened. It's like, oh, they're still in my Bible. Linda didn't get them yet. Jesus was speaking to his disciples for the third time since his resurrection. And in that speaking, everyone was gathered around him, and he was speaking specifically and directly to Peter, once again Peter, and he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, Lord, you know I love you. Of course, of course I love you. He says, then feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. He asks him again. Jesus says, Peter, do you, I think that's so interesting that he asks him three times. How many times did Peter deny Christ? Three times. It's like, this would almost be a painful reminder, wouldn't it? It's like, ouch. Ouch, Lord, why are you asking me this again? It's, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. Feed my lambs, take care of my sheep. He asks him a third time, Peter, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. I don't know why you keep asking me this. You're making me really uncomfortable here, Lord. I'm having a hard time convincing you that I love you, obviously. And he says, feed my sheep. Feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, feed my sheep. Hmm. When I think of that, of the context, is what that means to, you know, to us, to, that, to the church of Jesus Christ, him being the head of, the, of this church. What does it mean when he's telling us? Just, it seems to me that each one of us could be listening to this. We could say, Lolly, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Lolly, do you love me? Take care of my sheep. Lolly, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Each one of us can put our name in there. Do you love me? Feed the little lambs. To me, I think, I think of the church, which is Jesus. It's, it's his idea. It's his plan. It's his church. 
Scripture even tells us, I think we may even revisit some of that, that Ephesians 4, when it's talking about husbands love your wife as Jesus Christ loved the church and was willing to give his life for her. I've used that so many times in marriage counseling. In fact, that's the only way that I've ever really heard that scripture used in context. Is It's about, you know, love your wife as Christ loved the church. I say, that's how much Christ loved the church. His church was willing to give his life for that church. And who is the church? Us. The church is referred to as the body of Christ. We are a part of his body. And he loves his body, the church. And he's expecting his body to step into some levels of service. And I think it's really clear as he's speaking to Peter. It's like, Peter, do you love me? Do something for me. Don't just love him. Don't, don't, don't just hang on to my feet and, and be at my feet all of the time and, and, and wash my feet and kiss my feet. Now do something. You've done that. You've shown me that. Now I want you to go do something. Take care of my lambs. Raise up those little babies, those ones that are in, in children's church. Amen. The babies in children's church. And those that have just come to Christ, they're like babies too. They need to be, we need to take care of the babies. And some of us have a special call to take care of the babies. Sometimes the babies just need to be taken care of, and whether we feel a special anointing towards taking care of babies or not, we just need to do it. Sometimes <clears throat> I think about children's ministry, and it's like, oh, I want to be with the adults. I want to be in worship with the adults. I want to hang with the adults. I want to learn what the adults are learning. And I want to be in conversation with the adults. It's like, okay, but here's what I'm telling you first. Peter, do you love me? Take care of my lambs. Feed those little lambs. Because those lambs are going to grow up to be sheep. As they're growing up, as we're feeding them as little lambs, they grow up into be sheep. So we're taking care of the sheep as they grow then we continually feed them as adult sheep. Number two. Let's go to Matthew 25 in the neighborhood of... I'm going to start with 31. Verse 31 covered this about a month or a month and a half ago, just at least briefly, but when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, oh, Lyndon, I'm out of New Living Translation. Should have told you that in the beginning. Didn't write it on that. I've been preaching New King James for a long time. I, I just, there's a couple things that I so like in New Living Translation. And this morning is some of that stuff. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate, separate them as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand. You know, I, love, I, I just love thinking about that, thinking right and left. and it, it 
says in Revelation that, you know, to those who overcome as I overcame, I will grant to sit at my right hand as I sit at my Father's right hand. Just seems like that right side is going to go down a long, 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 long ways, and that's the side we want to be on. I was even th thinking about, like, but we love to get in a big circle and hold hands in a circle, and that's how I like to pray. I like to get in a circle and hold hands, so I'm, I, I've imagined a whole different picture Early this morning as I was pondering and reading this, it's like, okay, on his right side, it's going to be this huge circle, and he's just going to be reaching in and grabbing two pairs of hands right there so there can be a big circle on his right side. Does this make sense to you? You're just thinking, yeah, you're crazy. <laughs> on his left side, it's going to be scattered like crazy. There's no, there's no unity on the left side there. <clears throat> He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit. Everybody say, inherit. The kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and this is red letter Jesus speaking. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked, you gave me clothing. I was sick, you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king, King Jesus, will tell them, I assure you, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Mm. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. I was hungry, you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, you didn't give me anything to drink. I was a stranger, you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me no clothing. I was sick and in prison, you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty, or stranger, naked, sick, or in prison, and not help you? And he'll answer, I assure you, when you refuse to help <coughs> the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. Him, Jesus. And they will go away into eternal punishment, <coughs> but the righteous will go into, into, making sure it's actually up there. I thought you guys were not following me there. And they will go into eternity, the ones on the left are going to go into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life, to reap and receive our rewards. Eternal life through Jesus Christ. Oh. Now, when we think and realize and go back and revisit Ephesians 4 and 5 and 6, that Jesus referring to the church, the church, the church, him being the head through which every ligament, bone, joint, muscle, and everything is nourished. Jesus, the head of the church. The church being his idea 
us being the church, his expectation for us to build his kingdom through his church. We as the church are supposed to be doing something. When we see somebody hungry, when we see somebody in need, it's our responsibility because we are doing it as unto the Lord. So, I want to take this another step right here. I'm going to get bolder here with you. It's like, when we, the church, the bride of Christ, he's coming back for a bride. I think, I mean, I used to think this sounds so weird, me being the bride to Jesus. That just has a really weird sound to a guy, to me anyway. Uh, but thinking that the church is his bride this glorious bride of his that he's coming back to that he wants to receive without spot or wrinkle, a glorious church. We are a part of the church. We are a part of the body, his body, which is the church. Everybody with me? We are a part. He's coming back for the church as a whole, and I play a part in that, maybe a small part in that church. And you play a part in that church. And it is up to us to fulfill that call that he's put on the church of which we are a part to establish his kingdom on earth. First, on earth. Then he's coming back. He's coming back again. He's coming back to judge the live, the dead, that are all going to be gathered, be judged. Now, I went over this before. We're saved by grace through faith in believing and professing Him as Lord and Savior, as Son of God. But there's an expectation on us, and it's made really clear in the Word to me, to be fulfilling a calling on our lives to go and share the gospel. And the first two words are go. G O. S-P-E-L. It doesn't all just happen inside the four walls of this church. We come to this church to be edified, to be built up, to learn, to share, to encourage one another, to pray together, to worship Almighty God together like we've done this morning, and to walk out of here changed every time we've come, to be changed for the better, to be able to go out into the world, into our work, to our schools, to... Dominic's Barbershop, to, yeah. <laughs> to make a difference. When uh, sometimes Matthew gets up here and he says things that I've already said this morning or that, that are on my mind, as he just said, we're glory carriers. One of the first things I said to Christy when she got up this morning, I said, hey, babe, are you a glory carrier? Yes, I am, because I have the presence of God in me. I have the Holy Spirit. And I said, are you... Do you carry revival? She said, yes, I do, because I carry the Holy Spirit. We are, we are the hands and feet of Jesus. Our desire is to bring glory to him by the actions, the things that we do for him is to bring glory to him. Not glory to Lynn, not glory to Renee, not glory to Christy, but glory to him. We are revivalists because we carry revival with us. And we get to see revival when we share the good news of the gospel.
we get to see lives changed. We did something so cool yesterday. Uh, Dominic, Benji, Benji Snell, Dominic Guzman, and myself, we went to uh, the first, uh, not the first, the College Church of the Nazarene, where they serve a big, uh, they do an all day. They, every hour, 45 minutes or every hour, they're serving probably 100, 150 people, something like that, that, that come through. And people come there to, to enjoy a great meal. They, they prepare a nice meal, a good Thanksgiving meal there. So, so people come, and some of, it, some of it's for fellowship, a whole lot of it's for food. Thanksgiving is about food, too. So they show up for food, but there's a time as they're waiting for their turn, the 30 minutes or so before it's their turn to go in and eat and be served, not just eat, they, they get served. It's, it's awesome what they do through the, through the Boise Rescue Mission. They, over, they, they, get their, they get their food, but before they get their food, they, they've come in to the auditorium, to the sanctuary, to the auditorium, and we have an opportunity to preach for about 10 minutes. So they come for a meal, and they get fed a little bit of spiritual food. Benji preached the first, the first session. Dominic preached the second session. And both times we have a, a short opportunity for an altar call. And then both times people came to the altar to be prayed for. They showed up for a literal physical meal, but they got fed spiritual food when they showed up for that physical meal. Last year, Matthew and Tim, Matthew and Tim did it, did it last year. Great experience, isn't it? It is so good, again, to take what we do, what we carry, what we've been given outside the walls of the church and go give it to somebody that needs it, somebody that's hungry for it. And the really cool part about that, the, the, in uh, college church, they have a big old, big old stage across there. Like that door is the door that they go out. So as soon as it's dismissed, as soon as uh, Benji Dominic finished preaching and did like a, they had like a three-minute opportunity for an altar call, no big long altar calls there, about a three-minute opportunity, then the people are dismissed with prayer. They have the opportunity. They want to go directly in there to eat, to go out that door. Anybody that wants prayer has to go over to the other corner. So we're standing on the other corner. And probably 10 to 20% of each of those congregations that showed up found themselves to respond to the word that was shared and came over to be prayed for. So we had opportunity to end up, you know, praying for... Uh, Several different people and families. It was awesome. And we got to see some, some, some amazing and uh, incredible results from that because God's faithful and he shows up. When we're faithful, he's faithful. When we show up, he shows up. And, and it was a, a great time. Great time. We're going to be doing it again uh, at Christmas time. So... Anyone that would really be interested wants to do something to be able to have an opportunity to, you know, to serve. And Arlette was there last time. She got to be part of a prayer team. What a, it's a blessing to be able to be a blessing. When we get to be the carriers, it's like I talk about, you know, how awesome it is to see somebody get healed, to see somebody delivered. 
That feels like you get to be the, the carrier of, now I can't remember the name of that, where you, you're part of the drawing and somebody gets a million dollar check. What is it? Publisher's Clearinghouse. Publisher's Clearinghouse. I just feel so often like I get to be the guy that delivers the check. It's like, I didn't write the check. I really didn't have much to do with it. I'm just willing to deliver it. It's like, here, here, here's your check. And, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's like, yes, that was God who gave that to you, but I got to deliver it. Isn't that right, Dominic? Yeah. Number three, Matthew 25, verse 23. <clears throat> ah, well done. This was talking about the, the talents when he handed out the money, the guy who, who was gone, and he handed out money and came back and said, what did you, what did you do with the talent? The, talk about money, but I think of it as, as talents, as gifts, the gifts that we each carry and come back with, uh, with, with the gifts that God has given us, because he's given all of us gifts, both spiritual gifts natural gifts, and we're responsible for what we do with those gifts. And each of them came back, I'm trying to make this a short story now instead of a long story, not really preaching on this, but each of them came back, and the master returned, and, and he held each one of them accountable to what he had given them before he left. And so he comes to... Uh, to one, and I just want to read this. And the master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful by handling this small amount that I gave you, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. When we're faithful with what he's given us, even the mission that he's given us, whether it be large or small, and we're faithful in that, when he comes back, and I don't, I'm not talking about his, necessarily his second coming, but when we get revisited by him, it's like, let's celebrate together. <laughs> let's celebrate together. That's what he told all of them except the one who did nothing with what he was given. Then the servant with the one bag of gold, which only had one. We call it a bag of gold in New Living Translation. Sir, I know you're a hard man. You're harvesting crops you didn't plant, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid that I might lose your money, so I hid it in the earth, and here it is. It's like, oh, but the master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. You think I'm a hard man, do you? Harvesting crops I didn't plant and gathering crops I didn't cultivate. Well, you should have at least put my money into the bank so I could have some interest. Take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of gold. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who are unfaithful, even what little they have is going to be taken away from them. Now throw the useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. All of us have some gifts, some talents. All of us have a call and a purpose on our life that he's expecting us to use. And the gift that he has given you, that he's dropped in your lap, in your spirit or whatever, <coughs> you're accountable for. You, as part of his body, are accountable for what he has given you, and he expects to see that expanded. Okay, I want to look at one more, uh, a couple more scriptures. Number 
for Luke 14, verses 8 and 10. Jesus noticed that all who had come to a dinner were trying to sit near the head of the table. He gave them a little advice. <laughs> if you're invited to a wedding feast, don't always head for the best seat. What if someone more respected than you has been invited, holds a higher position than you has been invited? The host will say, let that person sit here instead. Then you'll be embarrassed. You'll have to take whatever seat is left at the foot of the table. Do this instead. Sit at the foot of the table. Come in first to the foot of the table. Then when your host sees you, he will come and say, Friend, we have a better place than this for you. Then you will be honored in the front of the other guests, for the proud will be humbled, but the humble will be honored. Amen. Scripture says God resists the proud, but gives additional grace to the humble. So when we think we deserve, I should have... I should be at the head of the table because I have this, because I am, Paul says, never think more highly of yourself than you ought. <laughs> I remember being told, this is why I would never again go to a counselor. <laughs> I went and paid good money to be told I went and paid good money to be told that I had an inflated self-image. <laughs> God had a bunch of work to do on me. I didn't have a porn problem, I had a pride problem. And, and, and I had to pay good money to hear that. So I was joking when I said I would never go to a counselor. I, counselors are amazing, we need counselors. We need good, godly counselors. People filled with the Holy Spirit who know how to pray, but also that are trained and know how to give good counsel. So I better correct that in a hurry. That was, I was making a joke. Uh, now I want to talk a little about, as we continue moving into this because I still have some time. Thank God. Anybody remember Stephen and Philip in Acts? The first few chapters of Acts, the amazing things that these two gentlemen did. It's like, remember when Philip, full of the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, ended up chasing that chariot that, that the Candace, what was she, the Queen Candace, her Ethiopian eunuch, her accountant, was riding in that, in, in that chariot, and the Holy Spirit told him, go run along beside that chariot. It's like, now why would I go run along beside that chariot? That horse is faster than I am. That's going to be a lot of work, Lord. Let's go run along beside that chariot. So he was obedient. He did exactly what he was told to do. And in so doing, he heard the person, the, the, the eunuch inside there, the, let's call it her accountant, uh, handled her money, uh, responsible for many, many, many things in, in her sphere of influence. And he heard that this gentleman needed to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So he was in the right place, the right time, through his obedience... <clears throat> 
He jumped in there, uh, he went in there, the, he invited him to come inside. He says, yeah, no, I don't, uh, the eunuch said, no, I do not understand what I'm reading. And he explained the gospel to him very quickly and very concisely and precisely to the point that he said, yes. So when someone is hungry and we are obedient, God will put us in the situation where we can minister to people effectively minister to people. So God put him in that situation, in his obedience. The man said, I accept that. I believe that. I accept that. I believe that Jesus, Jesus is Lord. I believe he's the Son of God. So what, what, what do I need to do now? What, what would keep me from being baptized? He said, you need to repent and be baptized. Well, what would keep me from being baptized right now? There's water. He said, let's do it. So he led him through the plan he brought salvation, connected him to, the, to God, to his Savior, baptized him. But listen what happens next. If, if you read this, this story, he disappeared. He was translated. He was so needed, so important, so powerful in the kingdom that God translated him somewhere else. I'm going to take you somewhere else where, where you're needed. But look at what, where these guys served first. We'll go to uh, the sixth chapter of Acts. The Holy Spirit was, I mean, was, was moving. The church was growing like crazy. Um, the sixth chapter, we will start with the verse 2. Twelve called a meeting of the believers. We apostles should be spending our time preaching and teaching the word of God, not administering a food program. So now you guys look around yourselves. We need to select seven men, well-respected, full of the well-respected, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. I say so. We need to select men with integrity, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, and put them in charge of this business. It's like, well, what does this have to do with preaching the gospel? I mean, could, could you imagine these guys now being appointed to this? They were a part of this inner core, this, this group, and say, like, okay, so we get to be the ones to feed the widows. We're going to run the food pro program. We're probably going to have to... Seven of them were appointed. Stephen, Philip, and five others. I won't bother reading the names because I, I want to just mainly talk about Stephen and Philip. Those two guys were appointed to that task. So I'm imagining, man, they probably have to set up tables. They have to be involved with cook. Uh, they probably have to do some of the shopping. What all do these guys have to do to be busy in feeding the widows in this program? It's like, why did we get this task? Why did we get this task? Full of the Holy Spirit, they were obedient to what they were asked to do. And God absolutely blessed them in all that they did after that. If we go on and read a little bit more, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs and wonders among the people. So, was Stephen relegated? Was he stuck with just serving the widows, taking care of the food program? It's like, no. Full of God's grace and power, 
performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. It's like, what a great opportunity that he had and the people that he was around, some needy people, to be able to perform signs, wonders, and miracles. And I'm sure it spread from there. He didn't go in loud and proud and go, wait, 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 no, 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 no. I am gifted. I am talented. I, I have these things to offer. Not, don't stick me off taking care of the widows and, and, and this food program. Are you with me? We're talking that, you know, the, the Philip, I already talked about, about Philip, and one of the things that we had seen him, he translated, whoo, yeah. moved like that. These guys operated in incredible power, both of them in signs, wonders, miracle, powerful works, but they started out being obedient to work in the food ministry. All right, I want to visit one more um, one more place. I, I just want to go to Ephesians and, and start a closing. Start a closing with with these scriptures in Ephesians. I'm going to go f- uh, fifth chapter. For a husband is the head of his wife, as fifth chapter, twenty third verse. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of his body, the church. He gave his life to be our Savior. As the church, verse 24, as the church submits to Christ, wives submit to your husband, but as the church submits to Christ, that's where I want to highlight this one, as the church submits to Christ. Move down, 25. And you husbands must love your wives with the same love Christ loved the church. Christ showed the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by baptism and God's word. He did so to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. We're talking about the church. Go down to 29. No one hates his own body, but lovingly cares for it. Just as Christ cares for his body, which is the... We are his body. Moving down to verse 32. This is a great mystery, but it's an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. Jesus is the head of the church. Let's just say it with me again. Jesus is the head of the church. It's his idea. His plan. I think I, I titled this, this message, Wise Investing. Uh, I looked up some statistics on retirement. You know that only 5% of people after they retire spend all of that money and all of that time accumulating retirement. 5% of people live for 30 years after they retire to be able to collect what they spent all of that money on, what they've saved and scrimped and spent. 5% of people live 30 years after they retire. 
Dale, you're probably going to live to 120, coming up on 80 years old and still haven't retired. So. Twenty percent of people live 15 years after they retire. It's like, wow. We spend a whole lot of time, energy, and, and, and investment on the retirement that we have here on earth. You know, to, ma to make sure that we have something to make us comfortable in our golden years. I'm just saying that there's a, there is a, a, an eternal kingdom that we need to be investing in that's so much more important because it's an eternal kingdom. Guaranteed you're going to live more than 30 years after you check out of this life. You're going to spend eternity somewhere. And now what kind of rewards do you want to reap in eternity? You know what? That's going to be related to how you invest your time and your money while you're here. So it's really important that we look beyond just this, this first retirement that we have and that we're going to experience and that we look into the final retirement and that we're investing wisely into that retirement program. You know, one of the things that, that, I, that I think about, and, and the Lord and I have wrestled so much about over the years, not over the last 20 years, but the previous years, pretty much all of my years as a, in my walk as a Christian, struggling with that, that tithe. It's like, oh my goodness, to me now it is such a no-brainer. We are investing into eternity. Our tithes and offerings that, that we received here into God's church. I remember when they first hired me in two th February of 2005 to be the church administrator and thinking, well, this is God's money. That's <clears throat> this is God's money that they have made me responsible for. People have given as unto the Lord. This money is, was given to God and now I have the responsibility of keeping track and paying attention to where all of this goes and determining what's the most important, what the priorities with where the money goes that came through Valley Church. And it's like, this is heavy. This is a weighty thing. This position, I can't take this lightly. It's one thing about business when I'm dealing with my own money and stuff, but I'm dealing with God's money. And when you're paying your tithe, you select a church to be your home church, the church that you believe in and that you trust the leadership, that money you should know and be able to trust is going to the use of building God's kingdom. You're not just investing in this church or just the salaries of the few people that draw salaries here. You're investing into eternity, into a worldwide kingdom. So that money doesn't just stay here. And when you think of your time and how valuable your time is, how valuable your spare time is, your work and all, where does God's church, Jesus' church, fit into that priority schedule? You know, when you, I, 
make a commitment to serve. Here, that's what we're going to get around to here. This has been in my, in my Bible to, to talk about for the last three weeks. When I make a commitment to serve in God's church, in Jesus' church, I'm not just making a, if, if Tim asks me, Pastor Tim asks me to serve and asks me to do something, I say, yeah, 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 I could, yeah. Let me pray about that, maybe. I want to make sure, but yeah, I can do that. And then something else comes up that I give a higher priority. It's like, oh, you know what? I have the opportunity to go do this or the opportunity to go do that. I can find myself getting so busy with all kinds of crazy, awesome opportunities. It's like, oh, maybe next week. Maybe I can do that next week. I'll, I'll try that next week. You know what? You, you are letting down. You've made a commitment to Tim, but Tim just falls in the chain. It's the church of Jesus. He's the head of the church. Jesus is the head of the church. So are you just letting Tim down when you don't fulfill a commitment? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I say, I mean, I was just thinking about his church, and as I've studied more, his church, his church, his idea, his body and him and his body the church are as one as in a marriage it's like then when we make a commitment seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness we need to take commitments to the church pretty seriously because it's not it's not like oh well when I have time I'll get around to that when I have time, yeah, I, I'd like to be a part of that. If I can find the time, it's like, find the time. Invest your time wisely. Are you hearing me? Invest your time wisely. You're investing in your eternal retirement. Everybody see one of these that you get everybody get one of these in the in the seat back in front of you. Last week I was talking about so oftentimes, you know, people can watch they can watch on the internet, they can uh, we post our uh, stuff on YouTube. You can watch on YouTube. There's all kinds of things, opportunities that you can catch uh, what do you call it when it's just audio the podcasts and you can be listening to sermons you can catch podcasts you can catch but being a part of the body in, in Hebrews 10:25 says neglect don't neglect meeting the gathering with fellow believers because there is power in that we need to edify one another we need to encourage one another we need each other and you can't do that by text, by internet, or an occasional phone call. You know, the, the laying on of hands for the healing. Those, man, Pam's ministry, she's got a ministry of hugs. She can just make your day when she comes up and just gives you a big old hug. You know, it's one of the things that I look forward to 
in the church is a big hug from Pam. And if you haven't had one, you don't know what I'm talking about. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's a warm, fuzzy thing. And I don't mean by the sweater she's wearing. I mean, it's just a, you know, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And something that I really learned to even look forward to, and I must say this took me a little while to learn to look forward to, and it's a holy kiss on my right cheek every time I end up with a hug from David right there. So if you haven't graduated yet to that holy kiss place, you need to get a holy kiss from David. A big hug and an honest, genuine, holy kiss right on the cheek. And they're always loud ones. I mean, you, you, you know you've been kissed when David gives you a holy kiss on the cheek. David, I love that. I, I love that. It shocked the daylights out of me the first time I got it. But I, I, I love it now. I, I, I love it. Hey, you laugh, it would shock you too. No, we're a part of the body. We're a part of the body. That gives a whole new meaning to me when, as I've researched this. The body, the body of Christ, the church, the body of Christ, where he is one with the body as husband and wives are made one in that union. It's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody see this? Everybody got one of these? Would you raise it? your hand so I can see. Oh yeah, there's lots of them out there. Everybody got a pen. The really important thing, now when you look at this, it's got children's ministry, frontline, coffee shop, outreach, the tech department. We got cameras, projectors, and it's, oh, this is just, man, this is just like a thumbnail sketch of all that we actually have going on around here. I, I've envisioned much more than this way more opportunities than this to serve but if you would put your name your address a phone number an email address so we can actually get a hold of you but go ahead and check if there's something that you have interest in a place that you'd like to serve and when you look on the backside the professional skills that you have but I'd like to, you to reserve that bottom section where it's like Pastor Lynn I see that you don't have in your church or you need you understand what I'm saying Does this make sense at the very bottom if you the bottom of this second section it's like you know what here's what we need at this church because we would love to be able to get a hold of you and if there's a place that you would like to serve something that you would like to help us create and develop Boy, we're all over it. But we want to be able to get a hold of you. So if you would fill out name, address, city, all of that good stuff, we would really appreciate it. And how are we con uh, collecting this, Tim? Are we having ushers at the back? So the ushers will be at the back doors. You can just drop it in the box. And if you haven't checked anything, if you would at least put your name, your address, and your phone number so we can get a hold of you. I got one more question for you before we, we close. How many of you would like the opportunity to either have a lunch, 
some coffee or, or, or a meeting to meet the staff, the pastors and staff, because you've not ever done that. We have coming up shortly, soon, an opportunity that we're going to have where we, we do it in the prayer room, where you can end up meeting the pastors. You can learn what our core beliefs are, if you've got questions there. And you can end up asking questions. Uh, we've got a short teaching and uh, a great question and answer time. You'll meet the leaders, have a chance to quiz them. Who would like to do that? Who has not done that but would like to do that in the next couple months? Would you also, this should have been put on here, would you also put, just write first step on here? So we have your name and information, and if you just write first step on the back, we didn't put a place for you to check, just write first step, we will be getting you an invitation. All right? stand together. Last week I kept you 15 minutes extra. Today I'm going to let you out five minutes early. Amazing. There are several things. Uh, this is not the, not the Sunday for it. <laughs> there are several things that we're restructuring for 2020 a lot of things that we want to do some of which is more missions more missions opportunities but uh, so we would love 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 for you to fill this out check anything applicable to you because as we go through our restructuring we would love to see where you would fit in this so you can be serving in the body of the Church of God. Father, I just thank you. I, I thank you for each one that gathered here today, that we got to fellowship together, that we got to worship you, praise your mighty name, that we got to glorify you in our worship this morning, Lord Jesus. Thank you for what we got to experience. I thank you for every person, for every individual that is standing right now and the gifts that each one carries. And the reason that you've handed out spiritual gifts is for them to use that, to use for one another's benefit in the body of Christ. So as we grow closer together and closer to you, we're looking forward in the future to each one of us being able to utilize the gifts that you've given us. And we give you thanks, we give you praise, Almighty God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.